When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller, as always, and with guest Al Sacco, 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast host, to break down what we can expect from the 49ers this week. How you doing, Al? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. You know, so I got to watch that Monday night game. One of the reasons I like Monday night games is because I don't have to worry about interference with the Saints game. I can just watch the game. And so it worked out that I got to watch that entire Monday night game with the 49ers just trouncing the Cardinals. And I have to say, I came away scared. That is a scary football team. Uh, and it's like you look at the record, it's six and four. That is not a six and four team. That is a very good football team. What has been your kind of impression from that team the last, you know, throughout this season, especially the last few weeks? Well, it's been up until last week. It's kind of been what it's been for the last year and a half, and it's that's inconsistent. And and when you look at what they have on this team, their inconsistency drives you crazy. Some of the losses this year to a bad Bears team. Granted, it was in bad weather, but still to a bad Broncos team. The Falcons aren't very good. They they lose that game. And the Chiefs, what are you going to do? But they've been really inconsistent, and they've had a, trouble putting it all together. The defense has been great all year, other than a game and a half or so when they were injured. But the offense, you look at, you have Debo and Ayuk and Kittle, and you're like, why are they not scoring 25, 30 points a game? Well, they started to turn that around with the addition of McCaffrey. You've changed everything for them. And Jimmy Garoppolo was actually playing good football right now. But, you know, before the McCaffrey thing, they were three and three. They were averaging about 21 points a game, 340 yards a game, and 41% on third downs. And in the four games since they had McCaffrey, they're three and one. You're averaging almost 29 a game, almost 400 yards, and 55% on third down. So McCaffrey has sort of changed that offense, and I think he's calmed Garoppolo down to the point where I don't know how familiar you guys are with Garoppolo, but he's not forcing those balls over the middle anymore. He's throwing the ball away, and I think McCaffrey's been a calming presence for him. So he's taking those checkdowns. He's not panicking. He's not taking bad sacks. He's just kind of playing point guard. You know, he's not making that long throw down the field, but with McCaffrey there, he's been able to play point guard and everybody's been able to fall into their roles. And yeah, this past Monday against the Cardinals was the first time I said, okay, maybe they have it together and we'll see moving forward. But for the first time all season, I I legitimately think they're starting to get rolling. And with that roster, it's a little scary for the rest of the NFC. Yeah, seeing that performance Monday night, I think everyone took everyone back. It was like the the lights were on and the Niners came out blazing. Uh, a guy that I, I guess he's a pretty big name throughout the NFL in George Kittle, but you would imagine that 
he'd be putting up, I guess, Travis Kelsey kind of numbers. What's been limiting him? Is it more about Garoppolo's performance and and not him? I just imagine that he's always open kind of deal. How do you, how do you guard George Kittle? Hey, listen, again, the fan base has been screaming about this now for, for the, again, the last year and a half where Kittle's Kittle hasn't been getting the ball and it's, it's been really confusing. And with all those weapons, you're not going to get hundred yards every game. You're going to have a few games where whatever, but Kittle had been an afterthought for a while. And yeah, he's a good blocker, but he's still out there running a lot of routes. And he just, for whatever reason, wasn't getting targeted. That started to happen this last game. And you see when he gets the ball, he's explosive. People don't want to tackle him. He's a yak monster. So it was good to see him get involved again. And, and I hope it continues because I don't have an answer for you why he hasn't been. Because the guy's dynamic. When he, The whole team gets fired up when he catches the ball and gets a long run. You could see it. It sounds familiar. That's kind of like the Taysom Hill vibe over here with folks. Yeah, it just it just gets the team going, right? So I would hope people he's, going. Going to be, he's going to be more involved. You look at somebody like Kelsey, like I don't buy the like, oh, well, he's double teamed. Teams can get their guys open and you like Kelsey, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, like teams aren't paying attention to these guys. They still get tons of targets in the ball. So I'd like to see Kittle get the ball more. It's not going to be consistent week to week because you have Debo and Ayuk and McCaffrey. And McCaffrey's been a been a target and touch monster since he came here. But yeah, Kittle's somebody that I think is going to have to have games like you saw against the Cardinals if they're really going to go far this year. I asked PJ Williams in the locker room today what makes George Kittle so difficult to cover. So let's hear that real really quick. George Kittle, mm-hmm. impossible to cover. But you know what? What have you learned from going against him? You know, the last couple of years. Man, he he a good he a great he a great route runner, man. He's, he's real physical, so that's so you got to make sure you're really locked in on on him and not getting swiped by or he do a lot of misdirection and stuff like he run this way cutting and stuff like that so you just got to make sure you got good eyes on him and not not getting out physically and i think that's that's good insight because there are different types of tight ends in this league right and he is very much in that travis kelsey zach Ertz, or probably you know previous version of zach Ertz, mm-hmm. where you know you have to constantly be thinking about where they are on the field. It's not just about like, oh, they're going to stay in line and eventually they're going to work their way out. And I mean, it's just constantly putting pressure on your defense up the seam. So yeah, I mean, I am curious to see how they, how the Saints defense him because he's a guy they know pretty well. Like they've seen him in that offense multiple times. And I remember the face mask in that crazy game back in uh, 2019, I think it was. And yeah, he's he's a guy who can wreck the game. I think it's a question of when as opposed to if with him. Yeah, and it's it's funny when you bring up that game. I was watching highlights of that today because the Niners and Saints have played some great ones, man. You go back to the 2011 playoff game and then the 2019 game. They haven't worked out too well for you guys, but they were amazing games, amazing games. And that game, if, if you remember that Saints game in 2019, Kyle Shanahan was really creative in that game. Mm-hmm. You saw, I think it was Emmanuel Sanders maybe threw a pass in that game and, and they, they're having use check pitch the ball and a lot of cool stuff that he did. And that's one of the frustrating things, I think, for 49ers fans is they haven't really been doing that stuff that much. So, again, it was good to see last week just this offense kind of start clicking. But for me, if 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 I'm the Saints, the, the sort of the guy who's been making the engine go, like I said, is McCaffrey. You're going to get Debo and Ayuk and Kittle yet, but McCaffrey has been, been the calming presence for the team. He has 68 touches in those four games. He has 24 targets in the passing game, 394 total yards in four touchdowns when you include the touchdown pass he had against the Rams. So I think he's the guy you have to worry about. And what they do is, so they're going to use McCaffrey first quarter. He's going to get a lot of touches, and then they get Elijah Mitchell to kind of pound you after that. 
and that running game has really been going with the two of them. They the, the Niners look scary right now. Yeah, I think it was Eli Mitchell only had one touch in the first half of that game. And it was like at halftime, they're talking about, oh, is he is he maybe hurt? Is he in the doghouse? And it's like, no, they're just they're, they're just holding him back so that in the second half he can like smash you over the head. And it's wild that you, there's that many weapons on an offense that you can just be like, yeah, 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 Eli, Eli, hang out for a little bit. And then when right. he ended up with like 60 rushing yards in that game, he got touches. It's just ugh, so many ways that team could beat you. I'm just I was just fascinated watching this team operate and. You know, for, for a guy who wants to get creative, like Kyle Shanahan, he, he's just like a mad scientist with all of these pieces. Uh, it, I don't know. It, it's a team that must be fun to watch. Well, again, they're frustrating because this game was fun to watch, but it's not right. something that we've seen all year. But you mentioned the creativity of what he does. There was on the Debo touchdown. If you watch that play, the line, you have guys pulling like like the balls going to the right side. And there were nine defenders on the right side. And then Debo comes around and gets the ball. And there's only two people and there's like six Niners out there to block. So there's two Cardinals and six Niners and he just streaks down to the end zone. And when he does those kind of things and you see that, you wonder how can anybody stop this team? But then you have games like against the Broncos or the Chargers where they can't break 20 points. And you're you're saying to yourself, how in God's name can they not be scoring 30, 35 with, with, with the talent that they have? So, again, let's hope for Niners fans that. Monday night was a sign of things to come, but it has been a little frustrating. And I love that you guys kind of on the outside because we'll talk. We had Cynthia Freeland on the show a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about the, the creativity and everything that Kyle Shanahan can do. And uh, Matt Hamilton was on recently in the same thing. And, and we had talked after like everybody nationally and people we talked to from other teams are like, there's so much creativity. There's so much talent. And we're talking week to week. Why can this team not break 20 points? Why, why is this not happening? So I, I feel like when you get a national game like that and they saw that, everybody is like, yeah, definitely. Like the Niners are really, really scary. But then I'm thinking about a couple of weeks or a couple of weeks ago when they couldn't break 19 on, on, on a bad Chargers defense. So I need to see consistency from them before I can really say like, yeah, you know, this offense is here. If it happens for the next few games, great, but we, we still have to see it. Well, another thing impressive with San Francisco – the defense, obviously, with defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, has, it looks like he's got the ear of the players and just a good eye for the scheme that he's presenting out there. Just seems to be clicking with everybody right now later in the season. Yeah, so you got to give Kyle Shanahan credit in terms of being the CEO of the team as the head coach. that He's put great people around him. Mike McDaniel gets a head coaching job, Robert Sala. And then D'Amico Ryans comes in last year, and I don't think he's going to be there next year. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere. And you look at this defense, and yeah, there's tons of talent, but the adjustments he's been able to make, one without um, Javon Kinlaw and Eric, Eric Armstead, this is still the best rushing defense in the league without their two best interior guys. In the past three games, they haven't given up a point in the second half. So they've made the adjustments at halftime to really shut people down. And they have just, you know, blue chip guys. Nick Bosa, to me, is a top five defensive player in the league. Fred Warner is a terrific player. Dre Greenlaw is really underrated. Traverius Ward has been a really calming presence um, in the secondary. And they lost Emmanuel Mosley, who to me is one of the most underrated corners in the league. And they're not quite as good as they were with him, but they're still really, really good. So D'Amico Ryans has done a phenomenal job, and there's tons of talent there. And when a quarterback can move, maybe you get a little worried, but if, you're going against an Andy Dalton. I feel like the Saints should be a little bit nervous with, with that pass rush. So we'll 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 see what happens. But the defense, to me, it's almost taken for granted at this point because you know you're going to go in and you're really letting him up 17 points. So going into that and knowing that for for the Niners, it's good. And, and that kind of football can carry you a long way. They can run the ball and they can play defense, and that can get you deep in January. 
Gotcha. Yeah. And I do, I do wonder how much of this season has been kind of like they went into it saying, okay, we're going to ride it out with Trey Lance. And there are all this kind of uncertainty around Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's like, did they get better? Like, it's weird because I don't know if they would be as good as they are if Trey Lance was in there. But obviously, his, he's he's a prospect and you want him to get right. better. It's, it's just a really strange situation. Like, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the quarterback of this team next year? Well, I think I can't answer that yet because we have to see what happens through the rest right. of the season. If they get into the playoffs and he has a Joe Flacco type run in 2012 when Flacco had like 11 touchdowns and no one said, if he does something like that and they win the Super Bowl, how do you move on from him? Cause Garoppolo is loved in the locker room. His teammates love him, but it, you know, it's, it, it's weird because the Niners went into this season. I feel like no team ever has done what they did where they had a team ready to win the Super Bowl and they turn the reins over to a quarterback who is that green. And I don't mean, you know, we've seen Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger take over really good teams. But those are guys who had over 1,200 attempts in college. Trey Lance didn't play for two years and has had like 300 attempts in two years. So you're turning this this team over to a project and hoping he's going to get better throughout the year to where you're there at the end. I can't think of a team that's done anything like that. Well, so not a team that went to the Super Bowl and then went back to the NFC Championship with one with the same quarterback. Right, right. right. That, that is that good, right, and ready to do that. So, but I'll give Jimmy credit. He was putting the Niners tried to get rid of him a full offseason. They went after Stafford, they went after Watson, and then they make the trade for Lance. Hmm. And then he said himself he wouldn't have wished 2021 on anybody because it was so awkward. And then they bring him back in the pre in the training camp, and they're like, "Hey, just go throw over on the side field. We don't even want to look at you." And then they're like, oh, well, we can't trade you. So do you want to just be the backup? And Jimmy, to his credit, he's taken shots from the fan base. He's taken shots from the media. He's taken shots from his own team. They treated him like garbage. He was classy, at least outwardly. God, you know, I don't know what he felt internally, but he never said a bad word. He was not a cancer. He just did his job. And then he got another shot and he's played probably better than he has ever with the Niners. So he deserves a lot of credit. And if you asked me three weeks ago, is there any chance he'd be back? I'd say there's zero chance. But if they make another deep run and if they get to a Super Bowl, I'm just going to say right now, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I'm going from there's no chance to right now, I don't know. But we have to see what what happens. But the yeah, Niners gave up a lot for Lance, man. So I'd imagine right. that'd be pretty hard. I mean, the market too, even though for, uh, you know, you talk about a quarterback then with his credentials, on the open market. Who knows what that would even fetch nowadays? Well, yeah, you look at how bad the quarterback, I mean, the quarterback play has been awful this year. You think the, the yeah, Jets would love them. NFL, I mean, right. Saints, right? I mean, you guys got to yeah. be going crazy with, with your QB play. So you put him on a good team. He's he, he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. But if you put him on an offense with playmakers around him, he again, he can play point guard. And right now in the NFL, I think a lot of teams would take that. Right. League average quarterback play isn't exciting until you don't have a league average quarterback. 100%. Right? <laughs> 100%. Yeah, you look at the Jets, right? The Jets are a really good team. I think the Jets have a really good team and and their quarterback was was atrocious. It's it's all around the league. There's just there's really bad quarterback play and in that class of 2021 that everybody thought was going to be great is looking a little little suspect now. I mean Lance is TBD, we don't know. Fields looks like he's getting he's at least an exciting player with the running. But Wilson's terrible. Mac Jones has looked terrible. Trevor Lawrence has been a huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. So, yeah, it's tough to get a good QB. And Jimmy's at least a decent veteran that right now I'd say, I don't know, top 12 maybe, the way he's been playing, you know, in that in that range, 12-ish. And I think a lot of teams would, would take that right now. He's definitely top 32. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the offseason, you wouldn't think so, right? Because right. nobody wanted right. him. But no, now, yeah. No one who's bidding on him thinks so in the offseason. And then all of a sudden, and then yeah. all of a sudden, the Jets are starting a player that sounds like they got out of like a random quarterback name generator. Right. Sam Ellinger has taken snaps. You know, there's just a lot of bad QB play this year. And, right. you know, Jacoby Brissett, the Browns were committed to him as the backup, right? He's, you know, we've seen, we've seen that movie. Maybe Jimmy would have done a lot better with that team until Watson came back. So there's just a lot of different teams. You know, Carson Wentz, I'm sure Heineke's doing well now. his job but, again to the backup. Yeah, again, right? I mean, he's, he's going to be a backup for the rest of his career now. So there's just so many bad QBs out there right now. Um, but it's been a wild year, man. You know, Aaron Rodgers thinks, you know, like we're, we're, it's just a team for sure. It's just like I, now he's got a broken thumb, I guess. But like if you told me this year was going to happen, you know, Stafford was terrible before he got hurt. Brady looks human. I would have never believed it if you told me at the beginning of the season the way it's planned out. But now he's not a tear. He's not a he's the divorce man and free now. Yep. Now he's a different dude. <laughs> so what, what, I, I don't even have to worry about Thanksgiving with the kids. I'm just on film study. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter I used to say family and football. Now it just says football. Yeah, that's it. Ouch. That's it. And guys like that are wired different, right? Like your Jordan, you're, they're they're cra- they're borderline probably crazy. You know, to, which it's made him successful for good for you know good for them. But um, I mean, but- if Drew Brees didn't listen to Brittany Brees. He would probably still be playing football. No, seriously. Like if you left it up to him and you just didn't give him any pressure from family to retire, that guy would still be playing football right now. I think he made the right call. Yeah, he was kind of done, wasn't he? He wasn't really that last year. He, I felt like he was kind of not. Him. I mean, they went, they went to the playoffs. They went to the divisional round of the playoffs. So, I mean, it, like it's enough. all relative, right? Like yeah. you look at all these teams that are just have running out these terrible quarterbacks, and you're like, I can do better than that. Just he can think his way better than that. Yeah, like, his new alarm no, can do better yeah, than that. No. Anyway, it's just funny because like Tom Brady is the inverse. <laughs> he right, got divorced right. so we could keep playing football. <laughs> Tom's got the TB12 method. I was a big fan of. I've always been a big Drew Brees fan, and there's so much with the Saints of what could have been because of right. just the, the things totally. that happened to them in the playoffs. Like obviously the Rams NFC Championship game with that ridiculous call. They beat the Patriots that year. I think the Saints win that game easily. So there's just so much what could have been with Brees. I mean, Brees could maybe have three titles if things sort of a couple things sort of broke differently. So I can imagine with Saints fans that it's it's been a lot of heartbreak with them. And then you go from Sean Payton to I've never been a big believer in Dennis Allen as a head coach. I don't know what you guys think, but it's been a questionable season, obviously. But you've seen the team at least they haven't quit on him. That's for sure. And his message isn't like or his presence is still commanding in in the locker room, at least. Yeah. Well, I like I like the receiver. Olave looks like he's going to be a player, so. Yeah, for he's sure. been a lot of fun to watch. So I have one more question for you, and then I'll let you go. Why so, does Brandon Ayuk like spiking the football into people's nuts? <laughs> does he do that? I didn't know that he even did that. You didn't see that? I did not see that, no, oh no. Oh, my gosh. I'll have to send it to you on Twitter. Yeah, so when he scored the second touchdown, he, he took threw- the ball and he threw it into the back of the end zone. There's a cameraman standing there just like, you know, like doing his job. And all of a sudden nailed. just – Oh, that's funny. I didn't even see that. Yeah, send oh, yeah, it to yeah, me. Yeah, 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 I'll retweet that. That's pretty it's, funny. It's wild. Uh, and it's like you could see like he, he saw it immediately. And it was just like, oh, no, what have I done? It was, uh, <laughs> the nuts. It was, you know, the, the Mexico City game it was a treat. 
He's going to yeah, end up with a jersey and, and tickets, some, you know, some kind of package. That's funny. I, I didn't notice that. Usually when something happens, I got to take notes or tweet it. And I like I put my head down after. So I totally missed the nut spike. But you guys will have to send that to me. I will. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 wild. Anyway, that's all I got. Steve, you got anything else? <laughs> Maybe uh, like who are who is a guy or two on either the offense or defense that is kind of an underrated stud for you guys kind of thing that maybe fans don't really like saints fans wouldn't know about yeah. but end up causing like to be a big disruption or a big playmaker in the game so on offense again you have all those guys devo Wayu, Kittle, McCaffrey. yeah the, the list goes on and on on and on juan jennings is a guy who has a lot of big third down catches for them and if i don't know if you guys watched the chargers game on sunday night a couple weeks ago but he only had four catches for 40 yards it doesn't look huge in the box score but a couple of those were huge on third, third down where he ran after the catch. He converted a couple third downs, and they don't win the game without him. And some some games he doesn't catch a ball, and some games he has a couple huge catches. So he's somebody to look out for on the offense. Defensively, I mean, it's like pick your poison. The the defensive line is fantastic. Charles Amenehu is a guy a lot of people don't know, and I think he's 11th in the league in pressures this year. He's been really good in terms of that. And you probably know about Hufunga. On the back end, he's he's been getting some praise, but he's a guy that makes a lot of plays. He's got a great name to say. Great name, great name. And the Niners had Tart and Ward playing safety previously. Ward's playing cornerback now, but they were very solid, but didn't get a lot of turnovers. And Hufung is a totally different dude. He's already got four picks, so he has a lot of game changing plays. And he's a guy to look out for on defense. He can he can change the game around in a hurry. What's gotcha. been one of our, our our LSU guy, Tyron Davis Price? What's he up to, man? The Niners love drafting running backs in like the third round and never playing them. So that's what he's doing right now. He's just the latest yeah. running back to get drafted high and just just never play. Well, like Trey Sermon's on the Eagles right now. Yeah, they just let's trade <laughs> up for a running back and then never. Yep. And so was Davis Price. And the guys that are undrafted free agents, you know, your Jeff Wilsons, your your Mostert, your Matt Breedas. Jordan Mason's a guy who dresses now. He doesn't get a ton of carries, but those are the guys that do well. Eli Mitchell was like six round pick. Those are the guys that do. I have no idea why they spend the capital they do on running backs, but they keep doing it. But maybe now they won't with Mitchell and McCaffrey. Maybe they're finally all set there. Yeah. They keep drafting all these running backs and then they trade for Christian. (laughs) (laughs) The relationship between Shanahan's and running backs is just one of the most fascinating things you'll ever see in NFL history of, you know, making bad decisions and somehow finding these hidden gems. Yeah, it's funny because you know they have a great roster, but some of the things they do with those picks, it's like they they pick Price, and everybody's just like, "Yeah, well, okay, he's not going to dress the entire year, and he'll be on a different team next year." And it looks that way right now, so I don't know why they keep doing it. All right, well, we've been talking with Al Sacco, 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. Check it out, Saints 49ers this weekend out in Santa Clara. It's going to be a good time. Thanks so much for hanging around, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And that's going to wrap it up for us here on Inside Black and Gold. Thanks so much. Al Sacco, like the Sack. in the league, the Sacco okay. Award for uh, hanging out with us. I sent him the uh, Brandon Ayuk clip. Have you seen right. that clip? Yeah, it's pretty hilarious. You know, yeah. you know, he was just, you know, whizzing it to the back of the, you know, the end zone. The guy just happened to be in its way. It's like a heat-seeking missile. <laughs> I mean, it's fascinating how they just mm, um, yeah. Hopefully, they gave him some like, like signed memorabilia or something as a, as a as an I'm sorry for you know. Sorry, you won't be able to have it reproduce anymore. Yes, exactly for for making you barren. <laughs> here's a, on that here's note, an Ayuk signed jersey though. Yes, uh, yeah, and and a promise that I will never again throw a ball in your direction. All right. <laughs> 
But on that note, we're going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for listening to Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have not yet, why not? Give us a rating. Give us a review. We're going to keep these coming at you. Next episode is going to be our post-game edition on Monday morning. Hopefully, it is another post-win edition for the first two-game winning streak this season. Giddy up. Can't win three unless you win two. Can't win three unless you win two. Yes.